Letter thirty four of Letters from Egypt by Lady Lucy Duff Gordon. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. To Mrs. Austin, Luxor, March first, eighteen sixty four. Dearest Mutter, I think I shall have an opportunity of sending letters in a few days by a fast steamer, so I will begin one on the chance and send it by post if the steamer is delayed long. The glory of the climate now is beyond description, and I feel better every day. I go out early, at seven or eight o'clock, on my tiny black donkey, and come in to breakfast around ten, and then go out again about four. I want to photograph Yusuf for you, the feelings and prejudices and ideas of a cultivated Arab, as I get at them little by little, are curious beyond compare. It won't do to generalize from one man, of course, but even one gives some very new ideas. The most striking thing is the sweetness and delicacy of feeling, the horror of hurting any one. This must be individual, of course. It is too good to be general. I apologized to him two days ago for inadvertently answering the salam alaikum, which he, of course, said to Omar on coming in. Yesterday evening he walked in and startled me by a salam aleki addressed to me. He had evidently been thinking it over whether he ought to say it to me, and come to the conclusion that it was not wrong. Surely it is well for all the creatures of God to speak salam, peace, to each other, said he. Now no uneducated Muslim would have arrived at such a conclusion. Omar would pray, work, lie, do anything for me, sacrifice money even, but I doubt whether he could utter salam alaikum to any but a Muslim. I answered as I felt. Peace, O my brother, and God bless thee. It was almost as if a Catholic priest had felt impelled by charity to offer the communion to a heretic. I observed that the story of the barber was new to him, and asked if he did not know the thousand and one nights. No, he studied only things of religion. No light amusements were proper for an alim, elder of religion. We Europeans did not know that, of course, as our religion was to enjoy ourselves. But he must not make merry with diversions or music or draw stories. See the mutual ignorance of all ascetics. He has a little girl of six or seven and teaches her to write and to read. No one else, he believes, thinks of such a thing out of Cairo. There, many of the daughters of the Alim learn those who desire it. His wife died two years ago, and six months ago he married again a wife of twelve years old. Sheikh Yusuf is thirty. He tells me he looks twenty-two or twenty-three. What a stepmother and what a wife! He can repeat the whole Koran without a book. It takes twelve hours to do it. He has read the Torah, Old Testament, and the El Angel Gospels, of course. Every alim reads them. The words of Sayyid Naisa are the true faith, but Christians have altered and corrupted their meaning. So we Muslims believe. We are all the children of God. I asked if Muslims call themselves so, or only the slaves of God. Tis all one, children or slaves. Does not a good man care for both tenderly alike? Pray observe the Oriental feeling here. Slave is a term of affection, not contempt. And remember the centurion's servant, slave, whom he loved. He had heard from Fadl Pasha how a cow was cured of the prevailing disease in Lower Egypt by water weighed against a mushaf, copy of the Koran. And had no doubt it was true. Fadl Pasha had tried it, yet he thinks the Arab doctors no use at all who use verses of the Koran. Madame de Rougé, the great Egyptologue, came here one evening. 
He speaks Arab perfectly, and delighted Sheikh Yusuf, who was much interested in the translations of the hieroglyphics, and anxious to know if he had found anything about Musa, Moses, or Yusuf, Joseph. He looked pleased and grateful to be treated like a gentleman and a scholar by such an alim as Monsieur de Rouget and such a Sheikha as myself. As he acts as clerk to Mustafa, our consular agent, and wears a shabby old brown shirt or gown and speaks no English, I dare say he not seldom encounters great slights from sheer ignorance. He produced a bit of old Cufic manuscript and consulted Monsieur de Rouget as to its meaning a pretty little bit of flattery in an Arab alim to a Frenchman, to which the latter was not insensible, I saw. In answer to the invariable questions about all my family, I once told him my father had been a great alim of the law, and that my mother had got ready his written books and put some lectures in order to be printed. He was amazed, first, that I had a mother, as he told me he thought I was fifty or sixty, and immensely delighted at the idea. God has favored your family with understanding and knowledge. I wish I could kiss the Sheikha, your mother's hand. May God favor her. Maurice's portrait, as usual, he admired fervently, and said one saw his good qualities in his face, a compliment I could have fully returned, as he sat looking at the picture with an affectionate eye, and praying, sotto voce, for El Geda, El Gamil, the youth, the beautiful, in the words of the Fata, Oh, give him guidance, and let him not stray into the paths of the rejected. Altogether, something in Sheikh Yusuf reminds me of Worsley. There is the same look of Selene Reinheit, with far less thought in intelligence. Indeed, little thought, of course, and an additional childlike innocence. I suppose some medieval monks may have had the same look, but no Catholic I have ever seen looks so peaceful or so unpretending. I see in him, like in all people who don't know what doubt means, that easy familiarity with religion. I hear him joke with Omar about Ramadan, and even about Omar's assiduous prayers, and he is a frequent and hearty laugher. I wonder whether this gives you any idea of a character new to you. It is so impossible to describe manner which gives so much of the impression of novelty. My conclusion is the heretical one, that to dream of converting here is absurd, and I will add, wrong. All that is wanted is general knowledge and education, and the religion will clear and develop itself. The elements are identical with those of Christianity, unencumbered, as that has been, with asceticism and intolerance. On the other hand, the creed is simple, and there are no priests, a decided advantage. I think the faith has remained wonderfully rational, considering the extreme ignorance of those who hold it. I will add Sally's practical remark that the prayers are a fine thing for lazy people, they must wash first, and the prayer is a capital drill. You would be amazed to hear Sally when Omar does not wake in time to wash, pray, and eat before daybreak now in Ramadan. She knocks at his door and acts as a muezzin. Come, Omar, get up and pray and have your dinner. The evening meal is breakfast, and the early morning one dinner. Being a light sleeper, she hears the muezzin, which Omar often does not, and passes on, the prayers is better than sleep, in a prose version. Ramadan is a dreadful business, everybody is cross and lazy, no wonder. The camelmen quarreled all day under my window yesterday, and I asked what it was all about. All about nothing, it is Ramadan with them, said Omar, laughing. I want to quarrel with someone myself. It is hot to-day, and thirsty weather." Moreover, I think it injures the health of numbers permanently, but of course it is the thing of most importance in the eyes of the people. 
There are many who never pray at ordinary times, but few fail to keep Ramadan. It answers to the Scotch Sabbath, a comparison also borrowed from Sally. Friday. My friend Salim Effendi has just been here talking about his own affairs and a good deal of theology. He is an immense talker, and I just put Iwas, yes, and La, no, and Sahi, very true, and learn manners and customs. He tells me he has just bought two black slave women, mother and daughter, from a copt for about thirty-five pounds the two. The mother is a good cook, and the daughter is for his bed, as his wife does not like to leave Cairo and her boys at school there. It does give one a sort of start to hear a most respectable magistrate tell one such a domestic arrangement. He added that it would not interfere with the Sitel Kabir, the great lady, the black girl being only a slave, and these people never think they have children enough. Moreover, he said he could not get on with his small pay without having women to keep house, which is quite true here, and women are not respectable in a man's house on other terms. Salim has a high reputation, and is said not to eat the people. He is a hot Mussulman, and held forth very much as a very superficial Unitarian might do, evidently feeling considerable contempt for the absurdities, as he thinks him, of the cops. He was too civil to say Christians, but no hatred, and he is known to show no partiality, only he can't understand how people can believe such nonsense. He is a good specimen of the good, honest, steady-going man of the world Muslim, a strong contrast to the tender piety of dear Sheikh Yusuf, who has all the feelings which we call Christian charity in the highest degree, and whose face is like that of the beloved disciple, but has no inclination for doctrinal harangues like worthy Salim. There is a very general idea among the Arabs that Christians hate the Muslims. They attribute to us the old crusading spirit. It is only lately that Omar has let us see him at prayer, for fear of being ridiculed, but now he is sure that is not so. I often find him praying in the room where Sally sits at work, which is a clean, quiet place. Yusuf went and joined him there yesterday evening, and prayed with him, and gave him some religious instruction quite undisturbed by Sally and her needlework, and I am continually complimented on not hating the Muslims. Yusuf promises me letters to some alim in Cairo when I go there again, that I might be shown the Asar, the great college. Omar had told him that I refused to go with a janissary from the consul for fear of giving offence to any very strict Muslims, which astonished him much. He says his friends shall dress me in their women's clothes and take me in. I asked whether, as a concealment of my religion, and he said no, only there were thousands of young men, and it would be more delicate that they should not stare and talk about my face. Salim told me a very pretty grammatical quibble about son and prophet, apropos of Christ, on a verse in the Gospel, depending on the reduplicative sign, Shedda, over one letter. He was just as put out when I reminded him that it was written in Greek, as our amateur theologians are if you say the Bible was not originally composed in English. However, I told him that many Christians in England, Germany, and America did not believe that Sayyidina Isa was God, but only the greatest of prophets and teachers, and that I myself was of that opinion. He at once declared that that was sufficient, and that all such had received guidance, and were not among the rejected. How could they be, since Christians only believed the teachings of Isa, which was true, and not the falsifications of the priests and bishops? The bishops always catch it, as schoolboys say. 
I was curious to hear whether, on the strength of this, he would let out any further intolerance against the cops, but he said far less, and far less bitterly, than I have heard from Unitarians, and debited the usual most commonplace, common-sense kind of arguments on the subject. I fancy it would not be very palatable to many Unitarians to be claimed mere nicks der nicks as followers of el Islam, but if people really wish to convert in the sense of improving, that door is open, and no other. Monday, the 7th. The steamer has come down already, and will, I suppose, go on to-morrow, so I must finish this letter to go by it. I have not received any letter for some time, and am anxiously expecting the post. We have now settled into quite warm-weather ways, no more going out at midday. It is now broiling, and I have been watching eight tall, fine blacks swimming and capering about, their skins shining like otter's fur when wet. They belong to a galab, a slave-dealer's boat. The beautiful thing is to see the men and boys at work among the green corn, the men half-naked and the boys wholly so. In the sun their brown skins look just like dark-clouded amber, semi-transparent, so fine are they. I rejoice to say that on Wednesday is Biram, and to-morrow Ramadan dies. Omar is very thin and yellow and headachy, and every one is cross. How I wish I were going, instead of my letter, to see you all, but it is evident that this heat is the thing that does me good, if anything will. End of letter 34. Read by Sibella Denton. All LibriVox files are in the public domain. For more information, please visit LibriVox.org.